Welcome to the A-Dub Club, a podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, technology, pop culture, the internet, and a general nerdery. I'm recording this on my phone, so it sounds really bad. Apologies for that, but don't worry. The rest of the episode is fine. There are three things that are important to know. One, we occasionally use swear words, but try to stay in the range of PG-13, or at least the kind of R that cool parents are fine with. Two, we may talk spoilers. In this particular episode, we discuss The Expanse, Killjoys, Scream 3, the 2018 Halloween movie, The Bachelor, the MCU, the latest few Star Wars movies, and Hamlet. So be warned. And finally, third, most importantly, James S.A. Corey, the author of the Expanse book series, is not a real person and is actually a pseudonym for the pair Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. With that out of the way, welcome to the clubhouse. We have snacks. Welcome to the A-Dub Club. My name is Andrew Ripple. I'm Alex Wade. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Oh, interesting, interesting. We're 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 switching it up now. Uh, how are you doing, Alex Wade? I'm doing good. Doing Dan delicious. Dan delicious. That's not a word, but I like it anyway. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right as well. Um, yeah. Last last month was an interesting episode. What, maybe before we get into this one, how how'd you feel about uh about what we did last time? Yeah, um, I really liked it. It was fun. Um, something I haven't done. I haven't really created that kind of art ever. That wasn't for a class assignment, um, you know, voluntarily, involuntarily. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was a, it was a, a fun, it was a fun little challenge. And and as always, you can listen to that if you haven't listened to it. The, the our episode whose name escapes me now, but uh, all about us. Pitching some ideas for stories in genres that we don't normally like. Yeah, picked up by Netflix. It was great. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're rolling in the dough. But this time, we were, were taking, it, taking it old school. And by old school, I mean like what we've done for every other episode other than last week's. Um, yeah, from our uh, inception of our you know podcast, where we came from. We'll go back to bloviating bullshit about uh, media that we like. And this week, our question is, why do you still enjoy bad content? Yeah, and this this question I feel like kind of relates to um, just in general, we have a lot of content on the internet and in the world of media that we consume that we know is bad, but you do it anyway, just because of various reasons that we'll go into. I think the first thing that this question immediately uh, throws out is that it's it's so vague as to be almost meaningless, which makes it really fun to talk about. Uh, what, yeah, how do you define bad in scare quotes for like bad content i think i define bad by a lot of different possible metrics um Mm -hmm. you can enjoy something for a lot of different reasons you enjoy something because of its aesthetics or its acting or its story or production whatever right and i think i mean bad can be any one of those things can be poor Mm -hmm. and so poor that you know that like like you don't enjoy that's an aspect of the show that you actively hate or don't enjoy, you know, like for example, I'm watching, um, the expanse right now. Um, mm. and it's an okay show, uh, but it has lots of ships, sci-fi spaceships and lasers and aliens. So I'm going to keep watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has like the main character. One of the main characters of the show is like my least favorite character. Hold in for anyone who's watched it. Um, just saying what what about them uh rubs you the wrong way he just doesn't he's always so intensely angry or Mm. passionate and is trying to make a point that you need to know 
Okay. And it's just it's, it's it's like bad acting almost, but also it's a combination of bad acting and bad story. And like his romance is weird, and his motivation is weird, and I just don't like him. So it's things like him, and there are other characters on the show that I also think are like just not good characters. Um, there are a lot of moments in the show that are just like bad, and like it's it's trying to be super serious. And with very little silly moments, and I don't know, the thing about sci-fi is you kind of need some comedy in it, in my opinion. Um, I don't know, it just got a lot of issues with the show, but I'm going to keep watching it because of guns and spaceships. So in, in this particular case, is it primarily just the uh, the, the aesthetics of uh, sci-fi and of space opera that keeps you watching The Expanse, or are there other things that draw you in as well? Uh, I'd say that's probably like... 51% of it, you know? Um, there are obviously other... Like, there are some characters who I do like in the show. There are some... I really, really enjoy kind of all of the side side arcs. Not the side arcs, but like... Like this one episode that I just watched, there was a character in there who was introduced and killed in the same episode. I mm. really liked his very short vignette story arc. Um it was high impact and he was a great, you know, minor character who's like, I don't even know if I, I definitely don't remember his name, but it, that was like a really cool aspect of this episode. Um, so that's why I keep going back to it, I think as well. So it's like, I kind of suffer through the main character who I really fucking hate so that I can have all these other cool side stories and also spaceships. So that's interesting. So is, is that the sort of thing that keeps you not just keeps you coming back, but keeps you watching the expanse as opposed to watching another show or reading a sci-fi book or watching a movie or something like that? Um, I think, I think it's, it's one of the new newest latest things that's on the market right now. So it's like, there's not a bunch of other cutting edge sci-fi shows that I'm also not like already watching. Okay. Um, so it, it f definitely fills this, uh, violence, uh, war action thriller sci-fi show for me that like I, I need in my life. And like, also there's Killjoys is my other one, but mm -hmm. you know, I can't two shows is still not enough for that. Cause that's like my favorite, one of my favorite kind of genre things. Right. Um, I love Killjoys, and it has very, very few issues. Um, I, I'm not familiar with Killjoys. Could you uh, give me a little bit of a primer? Yeah, so Killjoys is about uh, bounty hunters in a solar system far away, um, and they kind of get caught up in this master, like, oh, turns out the main character has been bred to be this, like, alien killer against this weird shadow government that's been happening in the system that's going to take over the whole world and they're just bounty hunters and you know kind of kind of typical space opera gray area of um morality and characters who like sometimes they care sometimes they don't you know that okay. whole nitty-gritty like i'd say honestly it's it's like kind of a spiritual successor to firefly but with a little less charm <laughs> interesting yeah okay. and a little more violence so that makes sense so i think we've hit on two distinct things that i'm kind of interested in teasing apart there's the when it comes to shows like the expanse and like killjoys that uh it it's not just that there are individual things within the episodes and within the show that 
keep you going within that show despite the bad things that would otherwise push you away. There's sure. also a bit of an element of uh in the market currently there's only so much of a particular type of thing and yeah. so if that is your thing that you want to consume for whatever reason you want to consume as much of it as possible even if the only examples yeah. you're getting currently are of questionable quality yeah and there's also something about like oh why couldn't i just go back and watch tv or movies from the past right like i haven't seen uh i don't know babylon 5 or there's a whole list of old television sci-fi that is great that i have not watched but there's something about new television that that's that's where all the risks are taken right like Mm, this this season of the expanse halfway through they just got oh this is kind of this might be some spoilers um whatever we spoil halfway, halfway through this season they just completely shifted the entire focus of what was happening like the war got resolved and the aliens like built a giant ring in fucking in between two episodes that happened mm. and like a complete paradigm shift. I was like, wow, that was a really genius like thing to do. Instead of having this war be the entire season, they it was half of it. And then huh. they're doing something completely new. And it's like, that's also something that keeps me going is it's, definitely a sense of like what's gonna happen next because they keep doing things that are so fucking insane that as a story i'm like i i cannot tell you what the hell is gonna happen next interesting so so is is that more is the thing that engages you more the uh mystery and the i want to see something new happening or is it the risk taking in a more abstract sense and I think let me know risk- if that doesn't make sense i i think it's the risk taking because okay. It's less about like, oh, I was on a cliffhanger and they're trying to tease me out, which, you know, every TV show does that. So they are definitely doing that here. But there's a way you can abuse that and there's a way you can not abuse that. I feel like with The Expanse, for me, it's like they keep taking these huge risks that could or could not pay off. And that's I think that's that's what it is for me. It's definitely the huge risk of like, sure. In other TV, like Doctor Who, for example, they leave you on a cliffhanger, and then the next season, they kind of clean it up all tidy, mm-hmm. and, you know, not necessarily in an interesting, great way that really changes anything. Really, the whole point of that cliffhanger was so that you would come back next time. For this one, it's like, there's a complete fucking paradigm shift of how the the season's going to progress. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I... I feel sort of similar uh, with with that idea of like I appreciate when things try something even if they fail um, more so in general than things that are successful but successful without reaching for anything. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that I was thinking about uh, recently is uh, one I have just a giant affinity for the Scream series in general, um, but. I guess this is going to be a little spoilery for a couple different things, but whatever, I'll put it at the beginning. Um, that comparing Scream 3, which is a mess of a movie by, by every, yeah. uh, like, in terms of actual filmmaking, in terms of the script, it's, it's, it's dumb, it's nonsensical, it's overly complicated, whatever. Um, but comparing that to the new Halloween movie that just came out um, a month or so ago, that... There's a lot of similarities and parallels between the two, and Halloween is a much, much, much better constructed movie. Um, 
better acting by and large, much tighter script, much more like control of the camera and, and, and less dumb shit happens in it. Um, yeah. but I have this strong affinity towards scream three. Um, and part of it is that both of these are, are movies that are trying to deal with like intergenerational trauma. And they talk about like in Halloween, it's all about how, Oh, Laurie Strode got attacked by Michael Myers 40 years ago. And now she's, you know, a survivalist prepper waiting for him to return. And in doing so, she sort of ruined the lives of her daughter and her granddaughter. Sure. Uh, Scream 3 also, talk- <laughs> it's really dumb that we're talking about Scream 3 so much, given <laughs> how stupid of a movie it is, but whatever, we're talking about bad movies. Um, also is really deeply about, like, how the Lori's mom, or not Lori's mom, uh, Sydney's mom... Uh, who was the first victim of the Ghostface Killers in Scream, spoilers, uh, how, like, the things that happened in her life are traumas that are repeated then on Sydney, and Sydney has to live through her mom's trauma, and especially it takes place in Hollywood, and dealing with her mom's past as a attempted, uh, her attempts to break in as an actor in Hollywood, and the abuse that yeah. she suffered there, and dealing with Sydney's secret long lost half brother who it turns out is now the killer and like again it's a mess of a movie but it does in the new halloween movie really all of the stuff about like intergenerational trauma and and uh what is the effect of of um uh what is the effect of trauma on on people and on women in particular is totally just set dressing and totally just something that is thrown in there to give the simplest of explanations and backstory for what sort of stuff happens in the movie um it's not wrestled with in any way whereas scream 3 despite being a dumb mess of a movie actively tries to wrestle with and uh have something to say for lack of a better word about intergenerational trauma about the predatory nature of hollywood about uh about stuff like that and it's not always successful in doing so but it tries in a way that halloween doesn't and that endears me a lot to it um in a way that uh i don't have in the much much better movie that is the new halloween movie i also just really like the screen movies and i like anything that has Sidney prescott in it so fair (laughs) so so would you watch scream again uh yeah totally i uh um i haven't yet but um yeah i would i would definitely be interested in 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 rewatching rewatching scream 3 but yeah i think Overall, that idea of even if you're not successful in it, if you tried something um, within reason, that will make it at least a more interesting thing to watch and more fun to watch yeah. than something that is. Um, and again, I like the new Halloween movie a lot. I think it was sure. it is a good movie, but in comparison to a much worse movie, I like the worst movie more because it mm. it, it tries more stuff. Also, total side note. Carrie Fisher has a phenomenally great cameo in Scream 3 uh, that is, like, the one of the funniest. Uh, she basically plays herself, but never says it as much. Um, yep. And it's it's amazing. Okay. So, I guess, what, what about, like, things that don't take risks? For example, uh, reality television is very calculated uh, and has very specific goals in mind. Um, I guess is a way to phrase it. Um, Interesting. So why do I know you watch some reality television? I do yeah. not. For oh, that's that's what I was going to ask. I, I was curious if you have. I have watched before um, some of the Bachelorette. 
when my roommate's girlfriend was over. Um, and I hated how I stayed and watched the whole thing. Um, Interesting. It felt, it felt bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that there's a couple different things at play. One, there are different kinds of, of reality shows. So, like, this week I've been watching a lot of old seasons of Iron Chef, for instance, which is like, sure, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of competition show and stuff like that, I think, are a little bit of a different caliber than something like The Bachelor. Um, and, and also, presumably different. I don't have much experience watching, like, Vanderpump Rules, The Kardashian shows, stuff like that, that I think have their own separate... I don't know enough about them to be able to say anything one way or another on them. Um, but yeah, I think specifically talking about stuff like The Bachelor, I uh, I haven't been watching it as much this year, but the last couple of years got really big into it. And I think those are a good example of something that is the, yeah, it, like you said, it's the metastasized version of the play it safe, but play it safe by doing all the things that perfectly hook into your brain like using all of the tricks yeah um in such a way that it makes you engage like you even said yourself you hated it but you stayed and watched the whole thing and then you yeah. hated yourself for having stayed and watched the whole thing um and i think that's definitely an element of, of stuff like that is that they are they are really well executed and well executed with the specific goal of doing nothing more than keeping you engaged and watching it and yeah. and they do that really well short of like putting porn in there you know yeah exactly um and then yeah i guess that's a different sense of bad of like in comparison to the kinds of things that are poorly executed but interesting this something that is really really well executed but kind of gross and and why do you still watch it like what are the reasons why you watch it given all the negative shit yeah i mean i think for for me it's a combination of it's fun. Like, uh, so, so it's one of those things that if you can turn off your brain and just say like, it, it yeah, I think it fulfills a similar role that something like an iron chef or a, um, a more competition based reality show or in, in that it's engaging and engaging enough to be like, yep, I'm just going to watch this and this is fun. Um, I think also this is not something that's great about myself, but I think the bachelor in particular has this weird sort of meta level on top of it where you can get into this weird headspace of, oh, I'm watching it, but I know all the ways that it's bad. I'm actually watching it because I like seeing the threads. I like seeing the ways that they're manipulating people. This is a, um, I like sort of playing the level of the game on top of uh, the show that I'm actually watching. But then at the same time, you're really invested in the show itself. And at the same time, like you playing that meta game is part of the structure of the show and part of the fan base that it, that it creates of like, sure. The Bachelor fully supports Bachelor Fantasy Leagues, for instance, now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, like, that's something that ABC is playing into when they are creating the show. So, I, I think, I think there's an element of that. It's fun to turn off your brain and watch something that's dumb and just be like, whatever, I'm going to watch something dumb. It's also then fun if you're someone who doesn't turn off your brain and says, actually, I'm being smart about it and I get to feel smart because I'm, you know, not taking it at face value. Yeah. I'm thinking really smart about it but then you're still playing into it anyway. So yeah, I, th I, I think on the balance, it's not good. And that's part of why I've tried to pull myself away from it a little bit more, especially like in the last couple of seasons, as they've been more aggressive about trying to produce things callously for, uh, for drama and for ratings, especially in the ways that they've been shitty about like 
uh, non-white characters. I even called them characters. Non-white uh, contestants on on the show, um, and like playing into uh, callously playing into some racial stereotypes and stuff like that. That makes for a technically good show, even though it's like it's the content equivalent of like jewel e-cigarettes that are okay sure you're doing a really good job of of making those but it's not good for you no so so i think if we're looking at like the examples that we've talked about so far there's stuff like the expanse that is uh has some flaws in terms of how it's made in terms of how it's constructed it's more that you are drawn in because of aesthetic things that are within it um and and it it does some things that that you like in your media um and you're interested in some particular characters arcs there's something like uh scream three that still has aspects of that of like part of why i like it is that i like the scream movies i like slasher movies i like uh horror movies in general even if they're not great if it does a good job at being scary uh whatever though (laughs) this might be a tangent that i'll cut out but uh it was an article that i read like an essay on scream three that i read where uh it was talking about how like in defense of Scream 3, but it did include the line. I, however, I do have to call out that it's a horror comedy that's not particularly scary nor funny. Uh, like, yep, that's, that's, that's fair. Um, anyway, in addition to having like the aesthetic things that I uh, like about the genre, also has, you know, unsuccessfully, but tries to have something bigger to say um, and takes risks in, in, in that direction. Um, there's like that bucket of stuff that it's not technically well made, but I like enough stuff in it, and it gives me enough stuff that I'm willing to keep watching it. Separately, there's the bucket of stuff like The Bachelor that is technically really well made, but gross and morally bankrupt in in its uh, in its existence. Yeah. How do you feel when you are consuming one type or the other, or when you're talking to other people about your love of one type or the other? Yeah, I'd say when I'm talking about my love for things like The Expanse, I I understand that, you know, whether or not it's a good show, it, it clicks for me. Um, versus like when I'm enjoying, well, I mean, I, that being said, I don't think I really enjoy much of content that's like The Bachelor or that is quote unquote bad for for reasons of like it's just trying to to you know get these human based emotions riled up in mm-hmm. you right um fair fair i think i've striven very hard to kind of cut that content out of my life i mean it was never really there to be i feel like i've very strived pretty hard to avoid that kind of thing um, okay M- maybe if if there isn't it sounds kind of snobby but you know i mean <laughs> sure but uh but i mean i i think i think that's fair and i and i have maybe there's a gradation down from that of there's the stuff that's like, I think the bachelor can, especially in when it's at its worst can lean into more of it's like, Oh, it's actively harmful. Not just, uh, um, yeah, but like Marvel movies they're they don't have the active harmfulness, but it's, sure. they're sort of more of that empty shell. Again, as someone who actually loves a lot of them, I think some of them are pretty good. Interesting. There's also an element of like them as, as the empty shell without much nutritional value. Um, okay. That I think is, is of a kind with, I think the bachelor is like the extreme metastasized version of that. Uh, but the, it's difference of degree, not difference of kind. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I think something like that would be, in my opinion, star Wars, um, right now of like, Hmm. it's trying to, 
I'm going to watch every new Star Wars that comes out. And like, I'm yeah. going to hope that they're going to start actually fucking taking risks. Um, that, well, I mean, they did in the last one. Um, yeah, exactly. I was going to yeah. say. Exactly. Which was, but the first the three or four of the new ones that I saw that came out, uh, they were, you know, they were not, they were kind of this empty shell of like this overly groomed, like trying to the perfect, trying to set up the perfect comeback of Star mm. Wars. Right. Interesting. Um, so I don't really know what I'm trying to say about that, but it's, I'm trying to say Star Wars is the bachelor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Cause I, I kind of feel I put the newer Star Wars movies more into the, uh, the bucket with the expanse of that. They, I think are trying some interesting things, but are kind of messes overall. I think that's especially true for something like Rogue One or Solo that like, are just messes of a movie they are especially especially rogue one like there is a good version of rogue one that could be uh yeah. could have been put together uh but that movie just being like it's like three different movies in one clear, i think they don't it, know how to take chances like they're the chances that they're taking are are not paying off because they're still super heavily calculated chances if that makes sense so they're kind of like half-assing something different and yeah. that does not that does not pay off like fall flat on your face or else you're gonna you can't you can't walk on a tightrope halfway you know like that's not interesting to see a guy who's like holding on to a rope while he's walking on a tightrope or or that's a bad metaphor but you know like some support guide right yeah ah oh, oh gosh i need to think about that more because i can't because yeah i this is not good for a podcast about talking through your thoughts and talking through your feelings about, <laughs> about media. But uh, yeah, I'm in that space where I emotionally don't agree in particular because of how much I okay. loved force awakens in particular. Um, but I don't have any good rationale or thought as to what is guiding me towards that emotional feeling. Um, oh, actually now that I think about it, the force awakens in particular is actually one that I would put into the, seven, the, the right? bucket of, yeah, that was seven. Um, I would put into that bucket of, I think it's a bit of a massive movie, but it's the things that it does well are the things that like really, really, really work for me in a way that Last Jedi is actually, I think, a better movie overall, um, is more successful in most realms, but I still like Force Awakens more because I love like it. I, I love the, the characters that are introduced. I love the, um, uh, all of the stuff with Ray and the stuff with Finn, I think in that movie is more, is the Ray stuff is actually super successful in last Jedi as well. But, um, yeah. I think, Oh yeah. Overall, it's a bit of a mess of a movie, but it does enough things that I really like really well that it endears me to it more than the better, uh, follow up. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think genre and especially genre stuff like sci-fi, like fantasy, like horror, like things that are sort of cast off from, um, what is traditionally popular or what's traditionally like respected uh, genres. How do you think that plays into this notion of quote unquote bad content? I think some television, especially for sci-fi tries really hard to be like, like this, the the only reason why I started watching the expanse was because of ships and, and guns. And like, I did not like the first four or five episodes, mm -hmm. but like they consistently had space battles or something or some sci-fi thing. So that was, that's something that I feel that's very common in that genre of like 
oh, we have to, we have to do our fun sci-fi gizmo gadget stuff to keep, you know, keep going. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I guess the, the reason why I thought about genre is that I'm noticing that part of this is just who we are as people. Um, as you can tell, based on the types of content that we've discussed on previous eight up club episodes, but, um, that all of our examples so far are ones that are sort of within populist genres. Um, they are, you know, what we're not talking about is the things that are examples of like high art, liter- high, you know, very literate things, things that are like in the canon of great movies. We're talking about uh, sci-fi TV shows. We're talking about reality TV. We're talking about horror and slashers. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that there is that interesting, like sort of anti-populist lens of like what is the stuff that is the low genres and the low genres are quote-unquote bad versus what stuff that's the high genres the more literate genres and those are quote-unquote good when i think that there is something to be said for like yeah i'll i'll go toe-to-toe and say that uh the first green movie is as good as uh any other uh it's a great example within a lowbrow genre um but uh yeah it's as well constructed and and interesting and successful a movie as uh pick your poison old classic canonical film i mean sure (laughs) doesn't mean you're right i mean (laughs) sure sure but um what are examples do you have any examples i'm gonna try and think of some as well of like classically good things that are actually bad Ooh, uh no but I do have, I guess, kind of the opposite effect of this, of like, what things do okay. you watch because they're bad, or what thing versus what things do you not like that you do watch because they're good? Hmm. Um, You're going to need to tease that apart for me more, because I, sure. I, I, yeah. I acknowledge the words that you just said, but I don't <laughs> understand what that sentence means. Absolutely. Um, so, like, for example, um, I'm trying to think of anything that I've done that's like this. Like, let's say Citizen Kane. I haven't seen Citizen Kane. Sure. I I know that I need to see Citizen Kane. Um, and like, maybe when I watch it, what if I don't like it? Will I turn it off in the first 20 minutes if I don't like it? If I actually don't like it? Probably not. I'll probably be like, I have to watch this because it's literally called Citizen Kane. It's used as synonymous for the best piece of film it's like oh it's no citizens kane is a phrase people yeah. say like no of course i'm not gonna turn it off i'm gonna watch the whole thing because of its you know it, because it's good but not yeah. necessarily because i like it yeah that that interplay between the popular canon the popular conception of of, of what is big and what's important and what matters and what's good it has a lot of impact on what is our actual like viewing habits and our consumption habits yeah I think that may be something to bring up and 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 stake in as an asterisk for some of the stuff we're talking about is that I think I I put a whole lot more stake in what someone personally feels is good or bad or are the subjective qualities about various pieces of media um I think should matter a lot more than what is the broader consensus around around things in particular because historic like the broader consensus historically speaking tends to be a very white man centric and uh i you know all all the shit that goes along with that 
Um, but yeah, but I think there's like a. I mean, uh, to go back to the example I've been using the entire time, The Expanse, um, I wasn't, I'm not sure I would have watched season three, to be honest. Um, if like there's, I'm watching it for a lot of different reasons, but one of them is, is because, oh, one of the next possible TV shows I can continue watching. Am I going to drop it? Am I not? It got a huge, like, oh, Amazon picked it up because it was, it got canceled and there was a huge hubbub about that. And now everyone loves The Expanse right now. I'm like, well, you know, I guess it's decent enough. Maybe season three won't be. Maybe I maybe I will watch season three. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure I would have watched it if that hadn't happened. If that's true, I, yeah. I think I think that makes sense. And maybe that that's a good thing for me to clarify is that I think there's a difference between stuff like that that is a consensus born from a lot of people's individual actual opinions and feelings about the quality of something versus the um uh. I take more stock in something like that than something like if someone just tells me Citizen Kane is the best movie ever made and they haven't watched it, but they've heard that a lot of people say that it's the best movie ever made. That's different from, uh, you know, oh, a bunch of people watch Citizen Kane and tell me, hey, it's really good. You should watch it. Um, or, I, or I disagree with that, actually. Like, OK, OK, for for some piece of literature and art like Hamlet is like uh i mean i'll I'll never say anything i i don't like superlatives so it is one of if not the best uh piece of english writing ever written right yes that's true that's a good point like, it's a great piece of english writing because the play is way too long and it's actually not as great as a play as it is as a thing that you read sure that is my hot take that is my <laughs> spicy take on hamlet macbeth is better as a play in every almost every measurable way than okay. hamlet is sure fight me uh, yeah also midsummer also midsummer sucks you know I so much more about shakespeare than me i get it but if someone had never read Hamlet and they said that Hamlet is the best piece of English literature ever written, like, I wouldn't, I guess, I guess snub my nose at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's hard. I, I keep, yeah, I, I keep trying to sort of circle the drain of this idea that, like, that I, I, I don't have full faith in the general worldwide consensus or culture-wide consensus on what makes something good and what makes something bad and i think all too often um it's that the bad things that are in stuff that is canonized um eight up club bingo word me talking about canonization uh the bad things and things that are canonized to push the side in the same way that the a lot of the good things in lower genres are and i don't know i I feel like and part of this maybe is just me being a fan of of uh of genres like sci-fi and genres like uh horror that uh tend to get pushed aside and and not seen uh they're they're the genuine great pieces of art within them are more likely to be sort of scuttled um but yeah i don't know i don't know i feel this is bringing up a lot of feelings and emotions in terms of my uh, wanting to defend the horror and sci-fi as as valid, interesting genres. Which, fortunately, I think in the movie and pop culture world is much... It does a much better job of that than, like, the literary world or the academic world that is yeah. more likely to be like, eh, sci-fi is not, you know, that's not real literature. And it's like, well, no, it might be. Ender's Game is a fucking great book. Yeah. I'm a fan. Oh, also, eight of Club Pingo. We talked about Ender's Game. Yeah. <laughs>
this does get me thinking about uh, so a couple months ago uh, I went to the XOXO Festival in Portland uh, which was phenomenal and I highly recommend it and I think there are probably some people that I met there that are listening to this and if so hi you're great Uh, but at XOXO uh, got to listen to uh, Anita Sarkeesian's uh, live taping of her Feminist Frequency podcast uh, which is a great podcast and and I I enjoy it thoroughly Um, but their live taping they did a game uh, that was the the centerpiece of theirs, which was defend the dumbest thing that you love. Uh, and so just, uh, someone picked an episode of Buffy that's particularly terrible. Someone picked a, a dumb, like, flash in the pan 80s cop show, things like that. So uh, we'll do a briefer version of that. But uh, Alex Wade, what is the worst or dumbest thing that you love dearly? I feel like that's really hard for me personally, because I... I don't say I'm not going to say I take pride in all of my content that I watch. I think it's more of that. I have no shame in what I enjoy. Um, Totally fair. And, (laughs) and I think that's where that's, I think in that case, you'll be a great person for this because this is all stuff you would talk about and enjoy anyway, but just the stuff that like, you know, in the back of your head, yeah, it's bad, but it's great for these other reasons. Interesting. What is like, like the expanse. I think the, I mean, I don't, I, I think the expanse might not, maybe that is your example, but like, yeah, it's bad for X, Y, Z thing, but I love this about it. Um, yeah. what is the most extreme version of that for you? It's the most extreme version of that. I'd say one of my answers is, uh, kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but, um, pop EDM. Okay. Um, that is something that for me, I have on in the background a lot that is just kind of keeps my energy like a little bit up and mm-hmm. it, yeah, that's, I guess that's the main reason. Like I enjoy it too. Um, but even though I know I, I find myself really frustrated whenever I like discover a new song and then either turns out it's like pop hit single for the past three or four weeks. And like, I really loved it or, it becomes that in like a month. And that has happened to me on multiple, multiple times. Not because I'm like really good at discovering new music, but because the algorithms of Spotify know that I like pop EDM new shit. So I am part of the target mass appeal of that kind of genre of music, which I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. What, what is it about that, that, draws you in and that you you enjoy about listening to it um i mean it's just the kind of the same reason for most pop music of its you know catchy tunes easy to remember lyrics and um just the the not the techno but like the kind of techno flavor of edm i know it's a completely different genre of music but i don't really know how to describe what the sounds i'm talking about are that's that for me is something that I really like. And like, I've never been one to enjoy a lot of, um, pop music stuff. And at first that was a hundred percent because of like, uh, superiority complex of music of like, Oh, I'm a snob and I don't listen to music that much. So why should I waste it on, uh, you know, crappy pop music, but EDM just hits that spot for me. Yeah. Fair. Oh, okay. I think for me, um, and the caveat, I have not seen it in a while. So maybe I would change my answer if I actually had to sit through and watch it again. Uh, I have a total, total soft spot for, uh, 
uh, Attack of the Clowns, um, oh. the, the Star Wars movie, which is unquestionably, I think, the worst of all the Star Wars movies. It is a mess from start to finish. So what? little of it works. Even more than it Phantom looked- Menace? Much more than Phantom Menace. I think Phantom Menace is actually like half of a good movie. Um, uh, whereas Attack of the Clones, just it's it's boring, it's garbage, it looks terrible. It uh, features Hayden Christensen is so bad in it, especially okay. for like the fact that a third of the movie is a romance subplot that Awful. is the most poorly written George Lucas attempt at romance dialogue, and then woodenly acted by Hayden Christensen. But it is. It was the first Star Wars movie that I ever saw in theaters, and I just have so much, like, burned into my brain the moments of that movie, especially some of the, like, like, like the Yoda fight scene is dumb, and it's stupid, but if you're, like, nine and watching all of a sudden Yoda, like, do a bunch of CGI, bullshit CGI flips, like, that looks really cool, and that burns into your brain, and you like it more a bunch. So, I think it's a terrible, terrible movie. Uh, but I, I have such a soft spot for Attack of the Clones, almost purely for nostalgia reasons and, and it being burned into my brain. Um, That's fair. And uh, mm-hmm. Count Dooku's cool. Count Dooku is a great character. Yep. Who then gets summarily killed like five minutes into the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> and does nothing. Oh, those movies suck. Um, EDM and Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is the EDM of Star Wars movies and EDM is the Attack of the Clones of pop music genres that's not true edm is so much better than attack of the clans but Great, whatever thanks. um yeah that's why i also like that's the only thing that i have anything close to shame for liking sure um well so that so that's interesting um and that's interesting that you you have that reaction because i think based on the conversations we just had and, and sort of your reactions to other stuff like that is that you full-throatedly enjoy uh, stuff that might be technically bad, but is in that in that the expanse bucket, that scream bucket of technically bad but interesting and try stuff. Yeah, and the stuff that you would actually feel as close to ashamed of is the stuff that like EDM is much more the bachelor absolutely hundred um, percent. And and that's that's the kind of stuff that you feel gross about engaging with. Um, oh yeah, which makes sense. I think yeah. that, that scans that that tracks with my argument. All right, anything else you want to talk about in terms of bad art? Uh, you know, let's save it for next time. Keep the viewers on their toes. Listeners. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. With that, if you have anything that you want to say about bad art, you can find this podcast at theadub.club. That's T-H-E-A-D-U-B dot C-L-U-B. There you can also find our topics guide, which has a list of all the different episodes that we did. And based on the stuff that we talked about, we will have another one that we can add to our scream column. Uh, <laughs> club bingo. It's great. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at, uh, the AW club. That's T H E A W C L U B. I am bad about tweeting there. I went like a full week forgetting to tweet the latest episode, but <laughs> you know, whatever um you can also email us at the aw club at gmail.com that's t-h-e-a-w-c-l-u-b at gmail.com especially if you have anything that you want to say about any topics in any of our episodes um please email us because that would be fun uh and you know the whole thing you can find us on apple Podcasts. you can find us on google Podcasts. oh you can find us on spotify i submitted Ooh. us to spotify a few weeks back um and and we do have a listener that i saw in like the spotify console that is i forget what country they're from but Hey, awesome. Thank you for listening to uh listening to our podcast in Spotify, which I don't understand because I don't like listening to podcasts in Spotify. But oh, that's cool. you do you. I don't think um, I know a single person who listens to us. Like I don't think I've had a hmm, single person yeah. ever be like, Oh, that was a cool which you know is fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do have people that must listen I mean, to I us. Guess, Let me yeah. pull up my my the pod track. Um and I know some people who I, I, I witnessed them at XOXO hitting the subscribe button at the very least, whether they bounced off uh, after the first <laughs> episode, you know, that's their prerogative. Um, uh, no, that's about it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. 8-Up Club out. 8-Up Club out. Like, subscribe, rate us. Yeah. Oh, Tell your mom. Shit. Not your dad, though. He's he's on into this kind of shit. No. He wouldn't like it. No. Like, come on. We, we get it. Everyone has their own things they yeah. like. Your dad doesn't like it, you know? Your mom, exactly. though, she is, she is so into it. Yeah. <laughs> podcast for moms. Podcast. That's, that's our new, uh, that's our new podcast. Remember, this is actually a podcast that's a, that's idea. That's a spinoff. Yeah, this is a spinoff. Yeah. (laughs) A-Dub Club presents Podcast for Moms. (laughs) Oh, God.